0: I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I'll be your host today. On June 3rd, Turkish Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan was inaugurated for a third term in office after he won comfortably in the May 28th runoff election, following the first round on May 14th. Erdogan's Justice and Development Party, the AKP, maintained its dominance in Parliament too. Joining me today is Emily Hawthorne, Reign's Senior Middle East and North Africa Analyst. Welcome Emily. Thanks, Emma. The results from the recent election are final. Uh, what are some of the places we should expect continuity from Erdogan's government and where will, will there be differences in this new term?
0: So I think there is going to be a lot of continuity really in in most ways. I mean, this is Erdogan coming back for a third term. So he's, he's a familiar, very familiar face uh, in Turkey and globally. Um, And so a lot of foreign policy, a lot of domestic social policy is going to be the same. Um, Erdogan is known for his support for conservative social policy, um, support for an expanded place for um, uh, Islamic religious practices in Turkey. Um, That's sort of driven by his own um, sort of conservative religious ideology and his support among um, that more conservative constituency within Turkey, um, which of course is a majority Muslim country. Um, And in foreign policy, uh, he's going to continue to do a really skillful balancing act between East and West. You know, a lot of countries that we talk about uh, in geopolitics that are sort of the developing emerging market um, countries like Turkey. Um, we might talk about how they have a strategic position in the world or strategic location. And truly, nobody has that quite like Turkey. It truly is the Eurasian land bridge. Um, and it its government, especially uh, under Erdogan over the last over 20 years now that he's really been a dominant force in politics. Um, he's been president since 2014. But Um, He was prime minister before then, and before then a mayor, and and then in local politics, so um, he's been around a long time. Um, Erdogan has done a really good job balancing between east and west, Um, and by that I mean keeping Turkey's position within NATO, while also deepening ties really across the world, including with Russia and China, in a way that serves Turkey's interests. And that that's absolutely going to continue. And with it, some risks there for Turkey, sanctions risks. Um, but with it, a lot of benefits as well, really investment and commercial deals with, um, you know, just about everyone in the world. Um, the somewhat hardline hawkish position against Kurdish militants in Turkey, as well as abroad in Syria and Iraq, that's going to continue. Support for nationalist policies in places like the Eastern Mediterranean, where Turkey has an interest in staking its claim, even if those claims sometimes butt up against those of other countries like Greece or Cyprus, that's all gonna continue um, under this this new term. And and it's possible that they could at times um, become a little bit more aggressive, that we might see an even more aggressive foreign policy um as you know Erdogan is um able to really embrace some of that um turkish nationalist perspective that he and and many other uh politicians in turkey support right now and frankly turkish voters as we just saw in the election sort of nationalist parties and leaders were very popular in this election um i do want to say where there are going to be some very clear changes and where that's already happened is with respect to the economy um in the near term, we, we were expecting to see this, we wrote about how we would expect to see this before the election and now that the election has happened, it's, be, it's already been in motion, um, that Erdogan is, is welcoming back some of the technocrats into the Turkish government um, to help chart out this more market-friendly economic strategy moving forward. Um, we've already seen um, the central bank ease off some of the interventionist policies that helped keep the Turkish lira somewhat stable before the election, which clearly Erdogan and his uh, team wanted leading up to the election, but now with the election behind him, he can step back, allow some of these economic technocrats to shift policies in such a way that that might introduce more volatility in the near term as the lira bounces out and trades more freely. But it's it's going to preserve Turkey's precious foreign currency reserves, which have been dwindling to alarming. Uh, levels um, and we might see too more orthodox monetary policy, and by that we mean using interest rates as a tool to fight inflation, um, and, which is not something that Erdogan supports traditionally. Um, and of course, if we see interest rate policy rationalized somewhat um, under this new technocratic team, that will hurt some of the sectors that have benefited um, from the low interest rates that 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 Erdogan has championed um real estate being one of them um but it again will have um sort of a long-term um impact and, and also near-term impact of shoring up sort of investor confidence in turkey which that has been really shaky um so that was a long answer to your question but i think those are some of the places where there will be continuity and where there will be change
1: well no thank you um and what's the possibility of erdogan making some structural changes to the government itself
0: So this is something that was really a point of contention leading up to this election between Erdogan, his AK party um, or the AKP um, and the opposition alliances of which there was one sort of major alliance, but there were other opposition parties and and other um, opposition groupings as well. Erdogan has really through his whole career talked about the need for a new constitution. Um, He uh, has, And and really what's interesting is, uh, you know, the the current constitution, which was introduced in um, 1982, I believe, it's been amended almost 20 times since then, um, including the most recent amendment was in 2017, which Erdogan championed, um, it introduced a presidential system in the country, uh adjusting and and changing turkey away from the parliamentary system that it was before now it's technically an executive presidential system with a parliament Um, but erdogan wants more and more and more changes Um, and a lot of the opposition before the election was really worried that erdogan would use a third term in office to overhaul the structure of the system once again to champion another constitutional referendum with a, a suite of amendments that um, moves Turkey more and more and more in the direction of being uh, a system with fully centralized power in the hands of an executive president, um, really weakening the power of parliament, etc. Of course, this is not um, what Erdogan says the changes will be um, and uh, there are lots of things that he has promised in, in, in including um, we need this constitution to beef up the rule of law, to beef up protections for women and girls. Um, So there's a lot of like, good things that, that he is saying he would introduce in uh, a new constitutional referendum. But really we have to see, um, you know, if, if a drafting process starts, what kind of debates are happening as that drafting process starts and whether there would be real structural changes. And I, I think our team internally thinks it's very possible that he does champion um, more structural changes. And the last thing I'll say on that is it, <laughs> for the Turkey nerds out there um, who are familiar with Turkey's history of of experiencing numerous military coups and and previously having a really strong and and politicized military. It has a really strong military still, but it's it's a much less politicized body than it used to be. Um, This constitutional push has a lot to do with Erdogan distrusting the military as an institution and not wanting it to be politicized and wanting to make sure that the constitution sort of enshrines that that the civil government is more powerful than the military, and that that's already the case with the current constitution. But Erdogan definitely wants to to move more in that direction, and so I think it's very likely that we do see changes to that end.
1: And what about this matters most to for um, foreign corporations operating in Turkey?
0: Most companies want to know if there will be really anywhere in the world but with respect to Turkey and, and you know we've been talking to a number of them um, they want to know if there's going to be political stability, economic stability, regulatory stability um, if they're already operating in Turkey or if they're looking to expand into Turkey and and to the first point political stability, I mean the return of Erdogan for a third term and a return of the AKP in Parliament with yet another plurality, it's a continuation of the status quo. Um, it's you know the risks of this government are known um, Ankara can get abrasive with other countries. Um, it, you know, it, it, held up, um, Sweden and Finland joining NATO, um, in part for domestic, um, sort of election linked considerations. Um, Ankara could risk sanctions blowback from the likes of the U S for doing things like buying stuff from Russia. And that, that's something that could flare up again in the future. Um, Ankara could get, uh, you know, I talked about technocratic and more orthodox economic policy, but we do think over the medium and long term that Erdogan's own preferences for economic strategy are going to have to be weighted heavily in the system. And so that could influence um, what Turkey does over the medium and long term, um, even if the technocrats are, are urging a different path. So there's always that risk that that Ankara gets a little crazy with economic policy. Um, but that's sort of familiar. And it's, it's, It's known. And so I think that that's there's less political risk here um, or the risks that are there are already baked in, have already been considered because it's what people have gotten used to over the last many years. Um, But, you know, in general, the Turkish economy is one of the most important emerging markets in the world. Um, and if we do see a, a true like return of more orthodox monetary policy and, and more friendly policies for foreign investors, I mean, th- it'll be really good for the Turkish economy. Um, and I think that that's something that, that Erdogan is really open to right now and certainly is going to be of, of key interest to um, any number of foreign corporations either operating in Turkey or that um, are considering it.
1: Well, thank you very much, Emily, for that analysis. You can learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with Rain Worldview. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes. Sign up at rainnetwork.com. That's r-a-n-e network.com. I'm Emma Kami. thanks for listening.